0: Welcome to the Writing to Get Business Podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written forty-eight books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hi, this is Pat Eyer with Writing to Get Business, and I have with me today. John Morris, who is located in Scotland and the author of a just recently released book called The Battles That We All Face. And I think you can relate to the topic and the title when you get to hear John describe his book and the process that he went through to create it. Welcome to the podcast, John.
1: Thank you very much, Pat. I really, really do appreciate it. And thank you for having me on the show.
0: You are welcome. We are celebrating the birthday of John's book. He expects to be receiving his copies today. So I think this is the closest to the idea of a birthday that we can possibly get. Tell our listener or our viewer, we release this podcast on YouTube, on the Pat Iyer channel, or on the audio channels. Tell our viewer what this book is about.
1: Okay. So this book basically is for anyone that's gone through anything in life, whether it be anxiety, whether it be trauma, whether it be um, thinking about time that we've got, because time is one of the things that we can never, ever get back. And I really wanted to write a book that had condensed chapters that you could really get a lot of information from without having to spend forever going through it. So you're going to absolutely love this book. Plus there was some of my very, very own artwork that was done especially for this book as well. So this is gonna be a book that I think people are gonna absolutely love, regardless of their walk of life.
0: Let me pull that apart a little bit. First (laughs) of all, you mentioned artwork. Tell us about your artwork. And is that one of your pieces behind you?
1: It is indeed, yes. This is called Elephants in the Mist. Um, it, It was one of my first big, big paintings that I had ever put together. Um, I'm a professional artist. I have been for about 18 years now, and uh, literally sell artwork to the four corners of the of the, the known world. Um, and it's it's been wonderful to see how it's all developed and built, and been such an amazing part of my journey and touched so many lives around the world. Uh, so we do custom work for people. We do pets, portraits. You know, you name it: elephants, uh, landscapes, seascapes, seascapes, mountainscapes. The whole length and breadth of the art world.
0: And is there a particular medium that you like to work in?
1: At the moment, currently, I am working in acrylic and oil. Um, for a long time, I had switched away from oil because I know that it can be very harmful to the, the environment, um, and if it's not you know, treated properly with all the, the, the specific um, preparations and things, it can crack, it can yellow, it can fade, it can do a lot of different things. Um, so I just stuck with acrylic paint because that was becoming more of the, the kind of eco-friendly um, style. But switching with oil paint, we found a company that could make them very eco-friendly and, and doing a lot of things. And it was fun again to, um, to kind of experiment with all these different paint types and all these different ideas. And I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast, honestly, uh, putting together some brand new art pieces.
0: You know, I enjoy very much going to museums And when I was traveling a lot, I would always bring home pieces. Most of the time photographs that were uh, from local areas and then I would bring them home, get them matted and framed. But I did encounter a person and who digitally enhanced a photographic print to highlight specific parts. And as Mm -hmm. I recall, because it's been in my storage unit for two years. So I haven't seen it for a while. But as I recall, it was an autumn scene and the artist took the tops of the trees and mm-hmm. enhanced them and made them almost, it almost gives it a three dimensional appearance yep. because of that enhancement. So I I don't know myself a lot about this. I know what <laughs> I like and what I'm drawn to. Yep. And it sounds like your artistic eye is quite varied in your approach because mm-hmm. I know that people can just concentrate on one type of art and never yeah. expand or yeah. feel very comfortable in that area and not think about doing a different type of art.
1: Absolutely. And I think sometimes, you know, for, for any artist that's out there, for any creative mind that's out there, I think they get stuck in the rut, for, for lack of a better term. And what often happens is they just stay doing the same thing over and over and over again. And that's fine. You know, if you want to be successful at it and that's your niche and you don't want to go elsewhere, then that's okay. But I think for for folks like myself that love, you know, one day painting a mountainscape, one day painting a seascape, one day painting a dog or a cat or a person or whatever it might be. I love the variety. And it also, for me, opens up a a whole universe of different uh, audiences and different niche markets for me to work in. Um, and, and to give the ultimate satisfaction to me, which is the variety.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I used to go to a lot of craft shows when I was a young mother. It was an easy way for me to take my two young sons <laughs> and get out into the community and, and look at people who were artists, You know, whether that was through paintings or through working with wood or working with metal. And I can remember walking by booths and seeing that the artist just had all of one type. It was yeah. all landscapes. Mm-hmm. It was all cute looking kids or cute looking dogs. Yeah. And I found myself drawn to the people who had a variety as you're describing. Yeah. And the the thing that I love so much is the creativity that how, a person could take something that we would all use. Maybe it was a soap dish, and maybe they worked in stone or material so that they mm-hmm. could carve it, but they could come up with, with the most beautiful variations for something that was an everyday object and express that unique creativity mm-hmm. in their work.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the, the most favorite things that I get to do is, you know, anytime that I look at an idea or a concept or somebody else's work, for example, because that's sometimes a really great way to get motivation and inspiration is then to sit there and think, okay, I like this, this, and this, but how can I change this person's artwork, develop it into my own and put my own ideas and my own things in there. Um, and that's, that is, I mean, it's one of the, the great, great creative processes, whether it be songwriting, whether it be writing, whether it be artwork, whatever it might be, um, you know, it's, it's a tremendous amount of fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Will you move from one medium to the other, from art to writing? Tell us about how you took that (laughs) step because that is not a step that many people take.
1: Uh, It's interesting. I I think pretty much now in 2020, I've explored all or certainly the majority of creative mediums, whether or not it be acting and drama, whether it be directing and producing, whether it be the art world as we obviously would describe, whether it be music, whether it be writing. Um, that came about because I had always you know, wanted to write a book, and uh, I think like so many people, but I, I'm always someone that I get an idea in my head, and then it's a case of following it through, because that is the, the mother of skill, and that's so important is actually the follow through, um, and a lady who volunteers with us had... Said, well, you know that the whole world's going into lockdown at the beginning of COVID, and uh, you know, have you ever thought of writing a book? We could, you know, put it out as an ebook, and uh, you know, d- you know, develop the idea. And as typical happens with me, I, I get an idea in my mind, and I'm like, okay, well, it's this little idea right now. How can it become this bigger thing? And uh, the battles we all faced birthed so much as we're going to talk about, I'm sure. Um, and it, it was amazing. So literally I'd sat down, I already had material written both from a time as a youth worker, time that I'd used for my own studies, uh, and, and teaching for my own studies. And I just started pulling things through and I was like, okay, let's set it out almost like a devotional style book. Um, and then it ended up with my pictures on, and then it ended up with a very, very different look to it as well. Um everything about this book is about as different as you can get it is not the traditional black writing on a white page it is you know (laughs) very very different um and if nothing else people will remember that but yeah as soon as I got into it it was like okay now we're tapping into this let's you know really really go it's helping a lot of people through the teaching that I was putting out there and putting out the feelers um and it was just amazing then to see at the end, you know, you, you spent maybe three or four months putting this book together. It would be available not only in ebook, but now in paperback and then signed paperback. And then there's there's even going to be an audio version of this book as well, uh, which is it's just tremendous. And obviously from that book, it birthed another branch to our business uh and then into a, a podcast as well. So it's 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 amazing how how things can just really grow very, very quickly. Mm.
0: You've given me so many points that I want (laughs) to go into in deeper depth. You said that it's not like a traditional book. For people who are listening to this, can you help us visualize what we're talking about?
1: Okay, so uh, the best way I can describe it is I've pulled a lot of my creative skills. So you've got your your standard book, uh, even the front cover, The, the theme behind it is obviously the battles that we all face so you've got me in a suit of armor in a medieval knight suit of armor which was tremendous fun to, to put it all together and again using other artistic skills the, the the text the font that's there has more of a um i, I suppose an old age feel to it as well the okay. the, the page for example uh prime example and i, and I didn't know how this was going to work this was like a trial and everything but i really saw it clear in my mind and i was like i want to you know at least explore this The the page the background of it is almost like on a slate and it's written in gold text and for each chapter there is uh one of my art pieces that will give the reader an association uh, hopefully a positive association to the chapter that's, uh, you know, being written about. So for example, um, how to weather the storms of life, that the chapter that's there, you know, there is uh, one of my brand new paintings called Stormy Seas, which again, gives that association, Um, you know, and and we do this for every chapter that's there. Like I said, there's a lot that's there, a lot of content. I'm just pulling really on old age, because whenever I think about battle and doing some research, other people thinking about battles, they always think of traditional medieval knights or the battles and specific text, specific fonts. Um, but all the while making sure that it's as easy to read and understand as possible. Uh, and obviously, that's the key. And I think, like I say, readers of this book are going to get so much enjoyment out of it. Um, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm stoked for it. I, I can't wait.
0: And then you said that it led to a podcast. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you took that transition or what was the bridge between the book and the podcast?
1: Okay, so uh, you start writing a book and, you know, Joan says to me, let's let's put it as an e-book. I then develop it into a paperback, into a signed paperback, and then obviously, like I say, an audio version. What we didn't want to do, like a lot of authors do, is to give people... Uh, My opinion, great material. Uh, A lot of teaching that's there. We didn't want to give them just teaching where they'd open the book, finish reading it, close the book. It it becomes basically an ornamental uh, dust gatherer. Um, We wanted to give people an opportunity to take it further. So we set up uh, a branch of our business called Mind, Body and Soul. Uh, The simple reason being is because everything that we do and everything that I have uh, developed over the last two decades knowingly and unknowingly has all been about those three core elements to the human condition you know the mind the body and soul um so we set up that uh you know facebook group and, and other things and and the instagram pages and all that kind of stuff and then from there i just happened to message a friend of mine and i said would you be willing i just want to do an interview kind of get my feet wet and see would you be willing to you know, allow me to interview you. People had said for years, you know, you've got a really good voice, you've got a great conversational style, uh, you know, and, and you're really engaging with people as well. I think you'd be really good at this. So I was like, ah, it's covered. You know, there's plenty of work that I've got in on the outside but I want to develop it in C. And before I knew it, we had, I think at the moment in the last Four weeks we've had 13 guests on the podcast. We've done 13 shows. Uh, I've got another probably about six or seven to do in the next two weeks. Um, and we've had some of the biggest guests in the world of professional wrestling, the world of art, the world of business. Uh, you know and, and it really it really blew my mind that all of these connections that I've made over the last decade or two, had really, you know, started to bear fruit and we started to see it. And I was just messaging people on the off chance to say, hey, would you be interested in being a guest on my podcast? Not expecting them to, to come back and say, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. Um, we've had one guest on that enjoyed it so much. He's actually coming back onto the show tomorrow to do the second half of his journey. And on the show, we explore the person's journey. We explore specific topics um, and we're really going deep where other podcasts may be limited because of their niche with us, with the mind body and soul we can explore things in a completely different way to what your average uh, podcast can and it's i mean it's really exciting to to see the the stories that are coming out we've just finished doing the intro video for the podcast um it's like i say it's, it's just really good and it's amazing how fast that it's really taken off and really developed
0: mm. and is this a weekly show
1: This will be a weekly show, yes. We haven't got a date for it yet when it's going to launch, but we are expecting the middle to the end of November. Um, It's going to be very, very soon.
0: Okay. So you're building up your inventory right Very
1: much so, yes. Yes.
0: It's always a wise move. That appeals to the part of me who is not a last-minute individual at all.
1: Well, the thing is, I mean, if you've got the inventory that's there, should anything go wrong, like health issues or whatever, you know, you can make sure then at least that week you've got your stuff. Um, and if for whatever reason a guest can't make it, you're not sitting there thinking, um, what do I do now? You know, so it's, it's going to be really exciting. I can let folks know as an exclusive, actually, for, uh, for, for your show, Pat, that the first interview, that the guest that was selected, which was really bizarre, was me. And the reason being is, you know, we put it out to folks and they said, you know, who do you want to hear from? Here's the options. And they said, well, look, it makes sense if you're going to be hosting this thing to give the viewers an opportunity to get to know you and your story. So Katie, my wife uh, and I, we sat down on uh, Sunday night and into Monday and literally just went through, you know, so much of my own experience. And that's the beauty of it. I'm able to pull from you know, all these years of experience and all these different things and really engage people in a different way, which is, like I say, it's it's just incredible. And it's Mm. amazing when you genuinely want to help people how much, you know, it it comes back full circle and how much it really grows uh, very quickly.
0: Amazing. When it came to putting the audio version of this book together, did you do the narration or did you hire somebody to do that?
1: That is that I, I try to be as hands-on with everything in our business as I possibly can be. Um, and yes, I, I, certainly for the text and when it's recorded, I'll be the one that's doing the uh, the narration.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, obviously if you've got the, the kind of layout that you described, that's not a book that will necessarily fit within the Amazon template in order to mm-hmm. upload it to KDP. They don't do color. Mm -hmm. books easily, or inexpensively, or if at all. How did you go about finding a publisher and how did that process work for you?
1: The the simple answer to that question is because of our vast fan base um, and because of the nature of our business and everything that I'm involved with, we decided to self-publish. Again, like I said, we found a company that was willing to do the print for us, uh, very, very professional, very, very uh, helpful in all that they did. And literally, we said, right, let's do this ourselves. Let's ten, kind of test the water, see how things go. And already we've sold out of our first two batches that we've ordered. Um, so we're having to go back and order more. Uh, and it's like I said, it's, it's incredible. That I suppose, in so much, when you can do it and you've got that fan base that's there, but that'll be one of Katie's jobs uh, because she's also our admin as well. um, When we kind of get the numbers back a little bit more and we're able to go to the, the you know to a publisher and say, look, we've got this book, it's selling really well. It takes on more of a, a creative art book than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an option certainly for um, for Amazon, which uh, has been explored and, and Amazon seemed to be very, very happy with it. So we're just waiting for final details and confirmation and things. Um, but we'll probably be a third party seller on Amazon and do it that way. Like I say, it will be available on the ebook version. Uh, but initially I, I had that same question. It was just like, okay, this is a very different style of book. Um, you know, what publisher's gonna take it on? And then it was, well, you've got an audience of, you know, into the you know, many, many thousands. Mm-hmm. Why, not, you, you know, why not do it yourself for now? Try the numbers, see how you get on, see if this is something you enjoy, and then you know, take it from there.
0: And you mentioned before we started recording that you had to switch publishers at the last minute. Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit more about that? What happened?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Where do I start with that one? We had a publisher uh, or a printer that uh, we'd been working with right from the beginning of this project, because, again, I'd I'd always envisioned I want to have this book in my hands and to be able to read it. So we start working with these guys, and they send us back templates of the different sizing of the book. And we're looking at it thinking, "Okay, well, this seems fairly straightforward. And like anything, it's never straightforward as you first think. So uh, time goes on and on and on. And they're telling us, yep, you're doing everything right. You're doing everything right. Right. Okay. We submit a file to them for proofing. And they said, you need to change this, 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 and this. So we're like, right. Okay. You've been telling us and we've been feeding you all the correct information, exactly what's going on. And uh, basically it, it got to last what we are now third uh, Wednesday. So it got to last Monday, uh, and uh, one of the guys basically just said, well, you know, because of the nature of this and yada. yada. And he was making all these excuses on the Sun. I had completely lost patience and trust with these guys because he sent us so many templates through. and I'm thinking, do you guys actually know what you're doing? And I said to Katie and, and she more or less said it back to me at the same time, if this is the issue we're having with you at the you know, or, or with the printers, at this stage, what's it going to be like? Should anything go wrong and we need to update things? Because they refuse to send PDFs, they refuse to properly check it and do a lot of stuff. So anyway, I had a, a, a whiz-bang fizzy pop moment where I just, you know, blew up about things. And that's sometimes with dyspraxia that it's hard to keep all that, you know, emotion in. Um, and uh, I think I went, I had my lunch, uh, which is always a good thing. And then literally just sat down and I started Googling you know, um, printers and, uh, and, and folks that can help us. And there was a company out there uh, called Mixim, M-I-X-I-M, I believe it is, five letters long. And we got in touch with them. We, we, you know, They had everything set out as perfect as perfect could be, You know, from the, the page types to if you want full color or black and white and, and so many other things. And uh, literally, we we, we got in touch with them. We said, you know, what do we do regarding sizing of the book? What do we do about this? They walked us through every single thing. They could not have been more professional uh, if they tried, and they were just a joy to deal with. Uh, There was a few things, a few hiccups here and there when you're adding a spine to the, the physical copy of the book that um, we, we had to try and get, you know, all correctly formatted and everything. But when we struggle with it and we're like, look, we haven't done this before. What what on earth are you talking about, basically? They actually said, look, hey, we'll do this for you. Um, we'll align everything as you need it. They sent me back the the proof and the PDFs and everything. And I was like, wow, this is just amazing. Um, so there was a delay. As uh, you mentioned right at the beginning of the show, Pat, you know, that, that today is the day, which is, uh, you know, incredible that the book is going to be, here, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. Uh, we've got a live reading of a couple of the chapters coming up as well, uh, and a date to be confirmed with that. But uh, but yeah, to know that it was done and known that it was done professionally, and you have complete peace of mind because this company was willing to go that next step. It made so much of a difference, and uh, yeah, it it, it it was a no brainer. You know, it, it
0: as I listened to the obstacles that you had to overcome. One of the biggest obstacles is the momentum that was mm-hmm. carrying you forward. Yep. That was saying, oh, well, John, you can just put this one aside or just ignore that problem because after all, we wanna launch on October 30th. And if we don't go with this publisher and this printer, then we have to switch everything around. Mm-hmm. That's a very potent force yep. that could have gotten you trapped in a situation where you would have been unhappy. And yet it, you obviously could overcome that.
1: Yeah. And, and, it, and that's a great point because, you know, I had that in my mind for a, for a period of time. And I sat down, had a conversation with myself, which sometimes is a really good thing to, to do. <laughs> and I, I advise everybody to do it from time to time. Right. But, um, you know, it, it was one of those things. I sat down and I said, look, you've got a choice here. You either offer these paying customers your first book when you know it is subpar. It is not the best that it could have been. Or you extend things a little bit and you give them the best quality book, product, whatever it might be that, that you physically can. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of look at it from a, from a point of view. If I was buying a book um, and somebody, you know, had make this big hype about their book and, and you know that you're known for hype and they're known for delivering and you end up with this subpar book, you kind of look at it and think, well, I'm probably not going to invest money and buy the next one. So yeah. this one had to be, you know, really, really perfect. Um, and I just had it in my own mind, folks. You know, I just threw it out there, told our audience, uh, all audiences, um, you know, that, you know, we're going to delay things a little bit more, you know, just in an effort to make sure you get a fantastic, you know, product and something you love. Something that you're not just going to read once and then discard. We want you to use this over and over and over again until the pages literally are, are worn out. Um, you know, and that was the, the big thing on the decision for me. But that comes with maturity. Uh, and I've learned that through business for you know, the last two decades, so.
0: <laughs> I always say that if you're paying attention, you will keep learning, but you gotta Absolutely. be open to the lessons that life is yeah. giving you.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: There's also an expression that I was thinking of as you were describing this. It's a Quaker expression that says, proceed as the way opens. And your way was being blocked. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we have that tendency to just keep pushing because that's what we want to do. And yet you were open to the idea of changing and coming up in the process with a product that is much more satisfactory for your vision of what you wanted this book to be.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, you're absolutely right. That's something, you, you know, probably about five or 10 years ago that I would have sat and I'm like, no, you're know, like a child. I want to do this. I want to get it done. I want to get it forward. And I had put products out there. My first CD that I ever worked on, which was a whole nother, you know topic, whole other conversation, but I put it out there knowing in my mind, well, this is as good as I can make it just now. But I also know now looking back that if I had that project to do again, You know, you can make it into so much more um, of of an enjoyable experience. And and that's what ultimately you want to leave people with is that experience. Um, Don't be worrying about being tied to time or tied to these things. Look for the reasons. Look for the messages, like you say, um, that, that the life is trying to tell you. If it's trying to tell you, look, don't go with this company. Don't keep trying to force it because you will end up with more headaches and more anxieties. And I find that with clients as well. If Mm -hmm. a client doesn't spend a $1,000 with us for whatever reason, I'm like, okay, it would have been nice to have that extra $1,000. But as a friend of mine reminded me, they may have been such a pain in the neck and such a headache for you that, you know, that $1,000 wouldn't have covered a lot of stuff. So I'm more at peace with, you know, those kind of things these days. And I find that things just naturally flow more, the less that I get concerned and wound up about that, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, it does. It does. I spent 28 years working with trial attorneys. And when we had (laughs) difficult experiences, which were small in number, Mm -hmm. we had a flag system. We assigned them a black flag, a checkered flag, which meant warning, or uh, a a green flag. And there were some black flag attorneys who would announce their flag status as soon as we had our first interaction. We knew... By the questions that they asked, by the behavior that they displayed, that there were going to be trouble. Other ones just kind of sneak up on you. And all of a sudden, there they are, and you see that flag mm-hmm. in their hands. We put it in our database. We had a category for black flag, which meant, yes, we'll do the case, but we won't work with you again. Yeah. Um, those types of lessons, though, when you're a hungry business owner, mm-hmm. And you want to take anything that walks in the door. Yeah. That's really when you're vulnerable and it, you can get is. caught
1: off guard. And, and that's what I had when I very first started in the art business. Now, the, the, I suppose the fortuitous place that I am in life now is, you know, w- we're more in a comfortable setting. You know, Katie works, I work. We're both always busy. Um, and, and yet, you know, I, I still have times in my own life where I've got to remind myself of my own lessons, you know, and my own teaching. Um, you know, because like anything, especially in the art world, when, when you're starting out, you are willing to accept any project that comes along the way, because, you know, even though I was a youth worker at the time, I was still looking to establish myself in my own business because I prefer working for myself, um, and, and took on many projects. I worked with many clients that were such a pain in the neck and so difficult to deal with. I mean, you could bend over backwards for some of these folks. And it was in in some ways, you know, every year you kept counting them off. It was like, oh, well, I've had, you know, 15 people this year that know been a pain in the neck. And then as as the prices increase and your quality of work and your body of work increase, now I'm in 2020 and I don't think I've had maybe one pain in the neck this year. Um, And that's, you know, in the most respectful way, I I understand a lot more now as to what they may be upset about. And sometimes it's in the nicest way possible, clients are not professional artists. They don't understand the process. They don't understand, you know, the the perspective and everything that you're going through and what you're trying to teach them um, as to, you know, why this painting looks best sitting this way in this, you know, if, if your cat is, you know, got its eyes open and uh, its eye uh, or its iris is, is wide or if it's closed, um, you know, or, or if the light's shining in a certain way and trying to explain that to a client that doesn't want to know is very, very difficult. And, and like I say, I mean, th- there's, you know, maybe a handful in any year, um, but they get less and less. Obviously, the more you grow, I think you should learn how to develop with it more. And you know the folks that you don't want to work with <laughs> and the personality you don't wanna work with and you know the ones that you do.
0: Excellent. <laughs> Let's wrap up by telling our listener, our viewer, how they can get a copy of your book and you would give us the title again and Absolutely. what would be the best place for them to head so that they can share in your success.
1: Okay, folks, well, you can purchase your very own copy, whether it be ebook version, the audio book version is coming very, very soon. We're hoping to have that out for Christmas and you can purchase the paperback and signed paperback, which I personally signed at thebattlesweallface.com and the book itself is called The Battles We All Face. So it's very, very simple to remember. Again, thebattlesweallface.com and The Battles We All Face. And we would love you to come over and check out our podcast as well. And you can do that at the mind, body and soul podcast with John Morris. That will be launching very, very soon. Um, And again, we're on Facebook at the mind, body and soul and on Instagram at mind, body and soul underscore one to one. So there you go.
0: Excellent. All right. (laughs) Thank you, John. I appreciate everything that you've shared. You've inspired us. You've shared some of the perspectives that you undertook, some of the shifts that you had to make at the last minute that are still fresh, even as we speak. And your vision, and how you took that vision of a very different type of book, and made it reality.
1: Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to share that with the the wonderful audience that's here, and uh, you know, it's it is a delightful thing. Again, looking back because it helps me to see just how much you know growth can happen in such a short span of time. So it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on as your special guest.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. This is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business podcast. I have just finished talking with Sherry Kaplan about her workbook. Sherry, can you give our listener or our viewer a sense of what are some of the topics that we covered in your podcast? Thank you,
2: Pat. Um, My name is Sherry Kaplan. Today, she and me discussed how I got started in the healing business, which led me into delving into chakras what are chakras and how to understand chakras and how is the body affected by chakras and why do we need chakras at the same time what happens when the chakras are out of balance and how are you impacted? and i decided to study the root chakra we also saw we discussed about the root chakra and the benefits and how you know when it's not working and we also identified how i use this in my business model to help the people that I serve when they're looking for ways to balance out their chakras on their own. And it is also a way to um, provide expertise to the world that you are an expert in your field. So that's pretty much, I did an overview on all of that, and I hope that you will join us.
0: Thank you, Sherry. Be sure to look for Sherry Kaplan's podcast on the root chakras on the book that she created and how she uses that in her business as part of her marketing funnel. You'll find her show directly below or if you're looking at our program on YouTube, you'll find her in the lineup. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's been a pleasure talking with you.
2: Thank you so much.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T B-U-S-I-N-E-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and
2: sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com.